Welcome to the podcast, What Do You Think, God?, where you're encouraged to build intimacy with God by asking Him questions. Hi, my name is Patty, and I'll be challenging the way you think. I've been thinking about the abundant life Jesus promised us. He said in John 10.10, The thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. In my experience, I've seen a lot of destruction. I've looked at the abundant life as something yet to come that I have tasted of in small bits and pieces, but never in fullness. I've been profoundly grateful that God would interact with me at all, but I have not viewed my life as abundant. Then one morning recently, I woke up and realized that I already have the abundant life in all its fullness as a result of the great exchange. So our question today is, What is the Great Exchange all about? The Great Exchange is about Jesus identifying with us humans so completely that he took upon himself all our degradation and shame and gave us all that he is and all that he has in exchange. Jesus demonstrated how important we are to God by exchanging his own well-being in order to give us well-being. We have worth because the holy, sinless God says we have worth and proved it by making our well-being more important than his own. Another name for the great exchange is the finished work of Christ. Note that it is the finished work of Christ. It already happened on history's timeline. Christ will never be sacrificed again. This means that everything Jesus bought for us is ours right now, today. We don't have to wait for it. So where is this abundant life hiding? The results of the great exchange are our heavenly reality that we believe and receive in order to experience it. There are four truths that characterize the great exchange. First of all, the great exchange is a gift. We could never earn or deserve what God has given us through Christ. Yet despite our shortcomings, God chose to shower us with birthday presents the day we became born again. Each particular of the great exchange is invisible, becoming visible over time as we continue to believe and receive. Each exchange resulted from Christ's finished work. They were bought with a price, the precious blood of Christ. Our new identity and kingdom reality are only possible through the sacrifice of Christ. Last of all, the exchanges are eternal. Eternal life has already begun for the believer and will never end. The great exchange is necessary for our transformation in this life. It is a collection of promises. Second Peter 1.4 says, Whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, 
that by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Each promise births hope, and every hope leads to expectations greater than our natural experience. The great exchange is the only effective answer for all we lack. Every hope finds its birth and fulfillment in Christ's sacrifice. Notice that many of the verses we read use the word might. For example, Scripture says that by these great and precious promises, you might be partakers of the divine nature. Why doesn't the Scripture say you are partakers of the divine nature? I believe that the word might implies that the believer has a role to play. Now, some people may interpret this to mean that they have to strive to become more divine. But listen to the scripture which compares two different approaches to God's promises. Paul compares the births of Ishmael and Isaac. God had promised Abraham a son. Abraham must have gotten confused because of the long wait and decided it must be God's will for him to do something to help God out. So he slept with his slave and birthed the son. But the son was not the promised son. Galatians 4.23 says, The son of the slave wife was born in a human attempt to bring about the fulfillment of God's promise. But the son of the freeborn wife was born as God's own fulfillment of his promise. Abraham learned through this experience that the promise is received by faith and it is a free gift. Romans 4.16 goes on to say, And we are all certain to receive it, whether or not we live according to the law of Moses, if we have faith like Abraham's. In other words, believe and receive. Romans 4.21 says that Abraham was fully convinced that God is able to do whatever he promises. God is faithful to perform what he promised. Could it be that scripture uses the word might because it acknowledges that we have a choice? Will we believe that God will keep his promises or will we try to help God out? by striving to do good works instead of allowing God to fulfill his own promise? Let's get into some particulars of the great exchange. Jesus suffered death to give us life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. John 3:16. He that heareth my word, and believeth on him that sent me, hath everlasting life, and shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death to life. John 5.24 Our transition from death to life is an all-encompassing exchange, but there are many other exchanges within this broad picture. Let's follow the death of Christ to see the great exchange in action. The first act of the great exchange took place in the Garden of Gethsemane, 
just before Jesus was arrested. Jesus was distressed and asked that he might be spared the crucifixion. He was so disturbed over the prospect of his death that Luke twenty-two forty-four says he prayed more fervently and he was in such agony of spirit that his sweat fell to the ground like great drops of blood. Isaiah 53, 5 says the chastisement of our peace was upon him. Yet we see the exchange taking place in the words of Jesus, I am leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart, and the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. John fourteen twenty seven. Before Jesus was crucified, he was whipped by the Romans. Isaiah 53, 5 says, With his stripes we are healed. Jesus exchanged the physical well-being of his back to purchase our healing. I really like this next verse because it shows Christ's great love for us when he made a choice to submit to the whip for our physical well-being. Scripture says in Isaiah 50, verse 6, I gave my back to the smiters and my cheeks to them that plucked off the hair. I hid not my face from shame and spitting. Next, when Jesus was nailed to the cross, he took on all our sin and gave us his righteousness in exchange. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, for he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Jesus was cursed to give us the blessing of Abraham. Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Galatians 3, 13 through 14. On the cross, Jesus was judged, condemned, and sentenced to death to free us from the expectation of just punishment. Romans 3, 23 through 24 says, For all have sinned. We all fall short of God's glorious standard. Yet God in his grace freely makes us right in his sight. He did this through Christ Jesus when he freed us from the penalty for our sins. The wrath of holy God fell upon Jesus. Isaiah 53, 4 shows the exchange in this way. Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. Yet Romans 5.9 says, Much more than being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. Jesus carried our sin in his flesh to free us from the power of sin. When he died, he died once to break the power of sin. But now that he lives, he lives for the glory of God. So you also should consider yourselves to be dead to the power of sin and alive to God through Christ Jesus, Romans six ten through 11. God saw our sin in Christ's body on the cross and turned his back on his own son for a moment. 
That's why Jesus cried out, My God, my God, why have you abandoned me? Matthew 27, 46. Our reconciliation to God was given to us in exchange for Jesus' separation from God on the cross. And through him, God reconciled everything to himself. He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of Christ's blood on the cross. Colossians 1.20 Jesus descended into our final destination, hell, to transport us into his heavenly kingdom in exchange. Acts 2.27-31 affirms that Jesus went to hell. But Colossians 1.13 says that Jesus has translated us into the heavenly kingdom in exchange. We were God's enemies, but Jesus has made us friends of God. For since our friendship with God was restored by the death of his son, while we were still his enemies, we will certainly be saved through the life of his son. So now we can rejoice in our wonderful new relationship with God because our Lord Jesus Christ has made us friends of God. Romans 5, 10 through 11. Jesus' death has made us holy and innocent instead of guilty. Yet now he has reconciled you to himself through the death of Christ in his physical body. As a result, he has brought you into his own presence and you are holy and blameless as you stand before him without a single fault. Colossians 1.22 Not only that, Jesus exchanged our old condition for a new one. He changed our identity as slaves to children and heirs. He replaced our sin nature with a new nature and swapped performance-based living with spirit-led life. How great! Is our God. We could go on and on, but we're not going to. In our next episode, we'll explore God's character by asking the question, what is God's nature like? Until then, thank you for listening. And if you have benefited at all from listening to this podcast, please spread the word. Thanks. I want to give credit and thanks to Audio Resute for the music clips of the song Nova on the album Born for Freedom. For more examples of Audio Resute's creative works, go to freemusicarchive.org slash music slash audio resute slash D-I-S-C-O-G-R-A-P-H-Y. You spell audio resute A U D I O R E Z O U T. Thanks for listening.